We have a very special guest right now. He's a veteran of the National Football League, and more importantly, a United States Marine. Jeremy Stott joins us. Hi, Jeremy. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning, boys. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Your, your story is a remarkable one. Uh, every, we've all, we were just talking about Pat Tillman in the last segment as sort of a lead-in in this, a guy that you know his story is well-known, where he, he saw what happened on 9-11 and left the NFL career. And you were going to do the same thing, and he, he talked you out of it, right? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, our, 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 uh, our relationship goes all the way back to, you know, the season of 96 at ASU when we first came together. You know, it was funny when I, when I first saw Pat. You know, it's like many other people, especially in, the, in, the, in the, the, the football arena, if you will. You know, you see Pat and you go, that's Pat Tillman? <laughs> he, he ain't that big. You know, yeah, and I remember yeah. when he first walked in, we had a first team meeting. I'm, you know, I'm fresh right out of junior college coming to ASU and, and Pat walks in the room and everyone's like, Ooh, there's Pat. Oh, Ooh, Hey, got a haircut. You know, I had no clue who the kid was. So yeah. he's already a okay. legend at that oh, point. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah. We're going into our junior, our junior year. And so he's, you know, he's already been there for two years and yeah. he comes walking in and, you know, at that time he actually had a shaved head. Well, it was shaved. He cut his hair off. And so everybody was like, Oh, look at, he cut his, yeah. you know, cut his locks off. And I'm just like, who in the heck is this? <laughs> Pat Tillman guy, you know, <laughs> I don't like him already, but, uh, you know, throughout the season, through that first season, you know, we kind of bonded and, uh, really the second season, you know, we started talking together, you know, and kind of built this rapport and, you know, became really good friends onto our senior year. And, uh, you know, uh, it's funny because, uh, we actually had the same agent in the NFL. Yeah. It was funny cause, uh, you know, he wasn't he wasn't even being looked at. Nobody was even looking at oh he's a His tween. measurables were too small, yeah, right? He's paper, not big enough. On yeah. paper you're going, This guy ain't a football player. Yeah. He's too you know, he's too slow to be a D B and he's too small to be a linebacker inside linebacker. We you know, he's a tweener. He's right. in between. Right. And at that time I was I was looking to be a high draft choice. So I had all these teams. I had an agent, Frank Bauer at the time and and I said, hey, Frank, why don't you take a look at this guy, Pat Tillman? You know, everybody, nobody will, nobody's looking at him. He doesn't even have an agent, you know, but he's one of our best players. He's a Pac-10, you know, basically all everything. Yeah. And uh, Frank said, all right, take a look at him and, you know, wind up signing him. And um, so that's where the relationship begins, and that's where Frank Bauer comes in the, okay. in the picture. And, of course, you know, when we got drafted, I was a second-round 41st pick, and then Pat was down in the seventh round. But uh, yeah, I remember Frank calling us and going, hey, congratulations to you and Patty. You know, congratulations on getting drafted into the NFL. You right, know? Yeah, right. And he said, but uh, unfortunately, you went to the two worst negotiating teams in the league. So he's like, <laughs> now i got to earn my 3%. <laughs> and we said, hey, no worries, no problem. But, um, you know, Pat, or Frank was always kind of our middle guy. Yeah. You know, so if I was doing something stupid in Pittsburgh or wherever I was at, hey, yeah. you're causing problems. You know, Frank would call Pat and say, hey, Pat, talk to Jeremy and find out why he's doing this. No or, kidding. Yeah, or, hey, hey, Jeremy, call Pat and find out why he's doing this. You know, <laughs> yeah, so we were always like. The, we were, the know, right message from the right voice. Yeah, absolutely. Opposed, and it's you know. kind of like your parents telling you something, right. but you'd rather right. hear it from your friends. <laughs> right. So. Uh, we might need you to call Eric's son. Oh, yeah. I, I would, hey, 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 I'll fly out there. If he's listening, I'll fly out there. I'll well, take, hey, that's what I do. I, I, if you could have him talk to me, because a lot of times he makes more logical sense. Than <laughs> oh, I oh, I'm, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. You know what? Yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy's going to be our go-to guy to talk to Zane. Would you yeah, tell Zane that, uh, <laughs> you know, when the president calls, it's not the best time to ask about farts? Yeah, or, or <laughs> dad's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, but no, so that's, that's kind of how the dynamics work there. And so, uh, you know, after... My three years in Pittsburgh, things weren't going well there. It was a very bad position for me to be in as far as, uh, as position-wise. But um, so I signed on with the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. And there's, a, oh, there's, so, there's so much more dynamics to this, but I'm kind of giving you guys the, sure, uh, sure. The, the, you know, the free beer and hot wings episode. Yeah, 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 you condensed you're first, welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, but uh, so I signed on with the Seattle Seahawks. No signing bonus, no nothing. I wanted to be on the West Coast, you know, to be close to my family. Sure. And... Um, 
9-11 happens, or I get, I get released, 9-11 happens, and I said, you know what? 3,000 Americans just perished, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're worried about a stupid game. You yeah. know what I mean? We're playing this game. Yeah, we're making money, but, you know, at the end of the day, nobody really cares. And um, so I just told Frank, I said, hey, Frank, hey, don't worry about, you know, sign, you know getting me any workouts or anything. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm going to wow. go join the Army. I'm done with this stuff because, you know, 3,000 people, I'm going to go fight and do something bigger than the NFL. Right. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, you know, even though this is the biggest week in, in, in NFL uh, the season, the, you know, there are things bigger than the NFL, yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, and so I just said, you know what, I'm going to go join the Army and uh, going to go fight for our country and, uh, you know, learn to serve others besides myself, and uh, Frank said, you really want to do that? I said, you, you know, you're damn right. Yeah. So next thing I know, the next phone call I get is Pat, and I still remember where I was sitting. I was in Bakersfield, California on the corner of, of White Lane and Gosford. I was sitting at a gas station. It was a, I think it was a Texaco gas station, and uh Going back and forth, me and Pat fought for about two hours, you know, and they were, we're dropping f bombs and f yeah. like yelling at oh, each oh, other. Absolutely, yeah, because yeah, we're like brothers like that. We, yeah. we could we could go back and forth, and at the end of the day, we're fine, you know. Hey, yeah. the next morning, sure. it's like, hey, stupid, let's go. You yeah, know? right. All right, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll follow you, yes, sir. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't make promises. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't make, if I don't make promises that I can't keep, and uh, that day, Pat said, "Hey, stupid, you've got three years under your belt. You got." Four games to get your NFL retirement. Go back in the league, get your four games, get your retirement, get your investment, and then get out. He goes, then you can go do whatever you want. You know, of course, you know, as we spoke together, lovingly. All right. You know, yeah. some of the, the, it's a very yeah. pragmatic yeah, way yeah, of looking absolutely. at it. Right? Right. 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 I said, all right, you're smart. Yeah. You know, you got your degree in three and a half years, and I'm still working on mine. Okay, I'll believe you. <laughs> okay. And uh, so I, uh, I said, all right, Pat, I'll make you a promise. I said, I'll go back into the league, not for long, and uh, get my <laughs> retirement and get out of there. And so then I went ahead and signed on with um, – the Oakland Raiders, mm-hmm. and um, during that time where we're having this, this dialogue, Pat received his fourth year. Okay. So he was invested with the Cardinals. Then the infamous $3.6 million contract, which is a whole other story to that as well. Right. But um, so I'm in Oakland. Pat's in Oak, uh, right outside in Pleasanton getting married to his wife, Marie. I'm at the wedding. I'm at the reception. Frank's there. Of course, Frank comes up to me and says, hey. Go talk to Patty. Go find out why he's not signing this $3.6 million contract. Okay. So here I'm, I'm going to, you know, basically counsel Pat. <laughs> and so, Pat, hey, congratulations. Beautiful wedding. We're really beautiful. Congratulations. Yada, yada, yada. Hey, by the way, Frank wants to know why you're not signing your contract. He said you got a contract sitting on the table and you won't sign it. And he goes, hey, look. He goes, I got, I'm working on some things right now. This is my wedding. Hey, let's not talk about business. All right, very well. Okay. That's, that's what it was. It's a fair it's, request. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's how we talked. I mean, right. hey, absolutely. Good. You know, see you later. You know, yeah. I'm going to go drink some beer. But uh, so after that, you know, they went on their, on their honeymoon. And next thing you know, it's like national news. I mean, it's all over the place. Pat Tillman's in the, you know, Pat and Kevin Tillman are in, in uh, boot camp. They're in the Army. They're Rangers right. and yada, yada, yada. And I said, that son of a gun. You know, he stole my idea. Right, yeah. right. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Uh, so the first time I get to talk to him, I said, hey, man, you stole my idea. Well, first off, it was like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, you know, how's yeah. it going, man? Right. You know, how was it? You know, oh, it's cool. Because I think the first time I talked to him was when he got back from Iraq the right. first time. And so uh, I'm talking to him and saying, you know, well, how's it going? And I said, man, you stole my idea. And he goes, no. He goes, you just kind of reconfirmed it. You know, and I said, all right, well, you know, what do you want to, you know, how's everything going? He said, it's, it's great. I said, well, what's the life like? I said, do you guys... And you know, are you always blowing up stuff? What's going on? He said, no. He goes, uh, it's, he goes, it's weird. He goes, one day we're mowing the company yard, you know, mowing the lawn. Yeah. yeah. He goes, the next day we're out the range shooting. And he goes, the next day we're blowing up stuff. Yeah. And I said, man, that's really That's unbelievable. Awesome. You know, and, I, and uh, so with that being said, you know, he's there. I'm in Oakland. I get released from Oakland because, you know, like I said, there's milestones in your life where you look back and you go, I can't believe this. Yeah. But I'm there. I'm, I'm Bill Callahan's, you know, 
under wing, new guard. Right. Gruden gets traded for $8 million in a first-round draft pick, which is the first time yeah. in NFL history. Right. So he right. goes. Right. Bill Callahan comes to me and says, oh, well, I've got bigger fish to fry now. I'm going to cut you. It's like, oh, thanks, uh, Coach, for the boy, vote of confidence. Nice. Appreciate yeah. it. Right. You know, dap, dap, <laughs> see you later. And uh, anyway, so long story short, I find a sign up or sign with St. Louis. Pat's still there. Pat's actually getting ready to go to Afghanistan. I sign with St. Louis. I get my four games. I talk to Pat and say, hey, Pat, we found a loophole. Of course, Frank's called me again. Find this loophole in your contract. Hey, you've seen combat experience. You can get out of your contract and come home. No, Jeremy, you know, I signed for four years. I'm going to do my four years. I'm going back to Afghanistan. All right, Fair. very well. Hey, don't be a hero. Get your ass home. Ooh. Right. You're you fine. Know what I'm saying? Right. You're fine. And, um, you know, that was the last I talked to him. And then the next That's thing, I, you know, the next thing I hear is, uh, you know, he's, he's killed. You know, it's the fabricated story that they right. brought up. And, right. You know, I thought it was ironic that it just happened to be the Friday before Memorial Day week and they break the story. Wow. But, um, you know, at that point I had my retirement. 2004, I actually said, I got my retirement in the NFL. Hey, I'm going to go into the uh, the AFL, the Arena Football League. Yeah. Just play for four years, get another retirement. Why not? Yeah, smart, yeah, yeah. You know, hey, smart right. thing. Uh, well, it didn't, it didn't last that long. So Pat was killed. You know, in April there, and I just, you know, I just, that was when you I had just, to go. I'm done. I'm done with this. Took my helmet off, threw it, walked off the field. Then I got released from the AFL <laughs> because they, they were going to make an example out of me yeah, for yeah. My, my actions right. for leaving because my friend was just killed in Afghanistan. Right, yeah. That's the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I sued him. I sued him. Yeah. I Good won. for you. Nice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> but, uh, I, I'll get that money. But, yeah. um, but, you know, then I just had to do some real spiritual searching, and I said, you know what, hey, if... I've lived this beautiful lifestyle. I had all this money, everything I wanted, you know, from being a football player. And I said, you know what? If there's a God up there, because, you know, Pat was agnostic. He didn't believe in it. Right. And I said, if there's a God up there, you know what? I'm going to test my faith. And I said, you know what? I'm going to join the, mili- the United States Marine Corps, the baddest branch of military on the, on, the place, on the face of this planet. Join the United States Marine Corps as an infantry machine gunner. I'm going to go to Iraq. And if there's a God up there, send me home safe. Holy crap. And I put my faith to the test, signed up, and I also wanted to learn how to serve others besides myself. And so that was the whole motivating factor behind joining the Marine Corps was to learn how to serve others. When wow. did your foundation, when, when did it hit you? Because a lot of people I talk to with stories similar to yours, that type of uh, uh, similarities, at one point something, something clicks. Like, hey, man, I can take what I've learned, what I've experienced, and, and from what I've seen, and make something amazing happen. Um, it's starting from the ground up. When when did you you know start this whole process of speaking for uh, veterans and, uh, and drawing attention to veteran suicide? Well, you know, it was when I came home. You know, I just I, I went to the I went to the ups and downs of you know PTSD and depression and anxiety and. The big thing to ride the bike across the country was to combat anxiety. Mm-hmm. One of the best things for depression, anxiety, and PTSD is physical exertion. Yeah. You know, as an athlete, that's what I did. You know, I was mm-hmm. a shot put discus thrower, you know, almost an Olympic champ. almost made it to the Olympics when I was like 18 years old wow. and the shot put discus and being an NFL, fo- or NFL football player. Um, but I just really had to do something. Right. I was contemplating suicide. You know, I was thinking about wow. suck starting a 9mm. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is most people don't realize, but... When I, when I got out of the NFL back then, it was like something like 40 or 50% of NFL football players were suicidal. But you never heard anything about it because yeah. NFL wanted to save face. Oh, that's not happening right. because of concussions or any of this stuff. But right. it was only until the big-name guys started offing themselves that they said, hey, we need to take a look at this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now yeah. it's the big controversy. Hey, do concussions you know, mm-hmm. lead to this? Absolutely. But the one thing that you can help against it is physical exertion, yeah. you know, getting out there and doing things. And so that's what the foundation was about. 
And then I started looking into the numbers. You know, do you realize that we lose 22 veterans a day to suicide? We've actually lost more veterans to suicide than we have in combat zones going all the way back to the world war II. That's unbelievable. Those numbers are staggering, and it is until today. In this day and age, now people like yourself and other other people are drawing more attention to that. But even back back in the day, you know, the World War I, World War II, nobody Mm -hmm. or Vietnam, no one even thought of that. Because you can't see the brain. They just think, oh, he's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. But because of the attention that you're you're drawing to this, uh, it's, it's, it's a big deal, and more and more people are becoming aware of it. And I think that that was the bigger message that was kind of, um, that, I mean, like an American sniper, a lot of people are like, oh, he was so amazing. And he was uh, with, with Chris Kyle. But the part of the movie about the PTSD, mm-hmm. it was so dramatic, and that people see this on a regular basis. A lot of people just ignore it. And so that you're bringing it up is uh, Well, we have fantastic. to talk about it. You know, like I said, 22 veterans a day. Even in our Vietnam bubbles, you know, 52,000 guys in Vietnam were killed. Do you realize that 50% of that was due to friendly fire? Wow. And that we've lost over 178,000 to suicide out of our just wow. our Vietnam veterans. So yeah. 52,000 wow. over there, 178,000 that we know about here, and we've already surpassed the amount of casualties in Iraq and Afghanistan to suicide here in the United States. So the combat zones aren't the hottest spot or the most dangerous spots in the world for our veterans. It's right here in the United States. So how do people Jer- help? Wow. How, do they, how, does this, how does this go now? I mean, if people are listening to this right now, what would you want to happen? We've got to give them a reason to live. You know, my dad always said, you know, a man without any debt has no reason to get out of bed. We have to give these men and women a reason to get out of bed. You know, we can't just c- continue to three, throw free fishing trips and free homes and all this kind of stuff. You've got to have a purpose. You've got to have right. a reason. And one of the big things, after I rode my bicycle across the country, you know, I came home and I realized i got to do something. I wanted to start a welding program, you know, for troubled youth and veterans to give them a purpose, give them a, a skill, give them something that they could you know, take and better themselves if they had to. Yeah. And, well, coming up with a half million dollars and $180,000 a year to run it was yeah. kind of a far-fetched thing. But uh, as I'm taking classes at the junior college, uh, I actually got offered a job to teach welding at the junior college in Bakersfield, and I oh, jumped wow. on the opportunity, and I loved the opportunity. But I can continue to do the same thing, but I feel that we have to give them a reason to live. Yeah, finding you know? whatever that is. Absolutely. And one thing, too, is right now we're putting a lot of our veterans in this fishbowl lifestyle. And unfortunately, we do the same thing with our NFL veteran or our NFL football players. But once you leave that fishbowl, it's a whole different world. They don't know how to reinvent themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm big thing is just trying to help these guys reinvent themselves. You're no longer, you know, a combat veteran. Now you're a, you know, reinvented combat veteran in society. Yeah. Jeremy Stott, we're going to make you late for your next segment, and we're actually up against it on the clock. It's an honor to have you on. Uh, Thank you very much for serving. Uh, This was a privilege to talk, and and believe me, we could have talked to you for three hours. Oh, absolutely. No worries, guys. Semper Fi and and, uh, oorah. Jeremy Stott. Thank you, Live from Radio Row. That'll be as good as it gets right there.